You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. In church, and so I thought we'd have some fun looking at some Christmas movies, and then looking at the gospel, and having a bit of fun with that this morning. And so that's my heart over this whole December. And so we're looking at Christmas movies. Now tell me if you've seen this movie. Put your hand out. It's okay if you haven't. It's all right. It's all right. Looking, yeah, yeah, we're looking okay. It's always risky. So for half a year, this is going to be very not interesting. No, no, we'll, we'll, we'll go through it. So let me tell you a little bit about Christmas at the Cranks. And I expect this afternoon after you've had lunch here and you've gone back home, you'll, you can find this on something and uh, watch Christmas at the Cranks. It's on Netflix. Fantastic. So you've got Netflix. Pull this up and you'll, my sermon will make a lot more sense as we go. And I'm going to show some clips. But, um, so Luther and Nora... That's these two people, the guy hanging upside down and the lady not hanging upside down. They're empty nesters for the first Christmas ever and their daughter Blair has gone to work at the Peace Corps for the year and they don't know what to do with themselves. They're lost because their life was, and Christmas was around the kids and Blair. And so they have this crazy idea, let's cancel Christmas. Let's save all the money and he does the calculations and he works out they can go on a cruise they can leave Christmas Day and cancel. So what they do, they hide from the neighbours. They turn their lights off. They don't put decorations up. They don't run their Christmas Eve party. They pretend they're not home. They don't give to any charities. And they just, they go, no, we're saving everything. We've cancelled Christmas just this year. He puts a memo out in the office because Blair's not here. We're going to make Christmas about us this year. Leave us alone. And very funny. And let me just show you a clip from the antics of him making it about himself. I'm going to get Marky to, yeah, play that for us. Luther, your face. What about it? It's like it's frozen or something. Oh, this. I got a Botox injection today. Botox treatment. Botox. They take a big needle and inject it into your forehead and it freezes your face like this. I read it in a health magazine. And how long are you going to be like this? Well, this is temporary. And then, you got all your wrinkles are gone. You should play it. Yeah, well, you ought to get your money back. Luther, I can't live like this anymore. Huh? We can't go out. Everywhere we go, people are whispering behind our backs. I can't go home. It's too depressing. I mean, there's no tree, no lights, no music. I can't talk to you. You're just consumed with yourself. That's not true. Look how far you've gone. Amazing. I mean, turning our lawn into an ice rink. I can't feel anything. I mean, somebody could have broken their leg or their neck. I mean, you could have put one of those carolers in the hospital. And that would be a bad thing. Luther! I know this has been tough on you, but in just one day, 24 hours, we'll be on that trip. And it's all gonna be better. I promise. I don't know. Hey. We're gonna quit. We're gonna go. <coughs> all right. <laughs> Look, I know. What a silly, silly clip, I know. But there's something about that that our world sometimes is that silly we are we are in an unprecedented sort of time where it is ridiculously selfish we do these things just 
completely focused on us. Not always that silly, but surely you know what I mean, especially ramps up around Christmas. It's just all about us. All the advertising is all about you, 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 me, 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 I, I, I. It's just people do these things to themselves because they're just so consumed with themselves. And I, I know, I, at least I can be like that. I reckon we, even from a Christian perspective, the church speaks about this right through history. Jesus, when the disciples get a bit big for themselves, they start talking about who do you reckon is the greatest? They're like, we're disciples of Jesus. Who's the best one? That's the, probably the most angry we see Jesus at the disciples. He actually says to them, get behind me, Satan. Because they start to go, we're pretty good, but which one's the best? <laughs> get behind me, Satan, he says to them, as they just puff themselves up. And then Lockie shared a couple of weeks ago that this, this love feast in Corinthians when they used to eat all the, um, what would happen is when they had these big dinners, big communion dinners, the, the rich and influential would come in early and eat most of it till they were, till they were drunk, till they overconsumed, and the poor and the ones would lack and not even get enough food to like eat at all and not be able to participate in communion. We get selfish. Both Timothys address different groups Paul writing to Timothy that the churches that he's struggling with, they have selfish people in their churches. In one, it's people coming in so doled up and so done up that they're flaunting their wealth and they're obnoxious. And he actually tells a group of them to stop talking so much because they're obnoxious. They're just, they're making it about them. We live in this time. Even the way we sometimes talk about churches, we can't, it's not... You're not wrong if you spoke like this, but we, it's in our language. It's everywhere. It's embedded, this culture of it's about you, it's about me, it's me, me, me. Sure, I, th- I, think, I don't have to convince you too much that that's the world we live in. But even the way we talk about churches, it makes me laugh when we say, and I say this, that was a good service or that was an okay service. How funny that we rate the meeting together with Holy God in the Holy Spirit with each other on a scale of 1 to 10. It just makes it. I say it all the time. I go, Oh, that went pretty well. It's just funny the way we talk. Oh, that served me okay. What do we mean? We got to meet and gather with God and worship Him. It's always a 10, even if we're not enjoying every aspect of it. And even the way we talk about leaving and coming and going to different churches. Now, if God calls you to a different church, this isn't an anti don't leave church. You can do what you feel God wants you to do. But the way we talk about it, we go, Oh, that one didn't work for me. What? Or we leave and we forget that it's a family. We're a family. You don't just leave family unless God tells you to. We're committed to each other. We lo- hopefully, we tolerate and then some days we even love each other. <laughs> it's just right through and we see it at Christmas, this overconsumption, this over, it's about you, your Christmas. Make Christmas about you this year. What? So even though this is absolutely ridiculous and kind of gross how the food keeps falling out of his mouth, it's, um, it kind of says something about our culture and about what we make Christmas, but we can make our entire life about just us. You know, the biggest story, someone saying they're catching a fish and they're saying it's this big and I'm guilty of this. Um, and I'm already thinking about the fish that I caught that was, I don't do a lot of fishing, I don't know why I use fishing, but let's say I do. Um, so let's use something else. I'm already thinking of the better story to say because it's about me, I want to tell the story. And people are so bad at telling stories. I'm like, come on, I want to tell my story. So selfish. We all do this, I think. But I guess the question I want to ask today is, go a bit deeper, 
And why not be selfish though? So as I was thinking through this, I was thinking we, we are a little bit selfish in Western civilization. Christmas, we even get a bit more selfish. I thought to myself, why not actually be selfish? Because I don't know about you, but when I'm selfish, I get what I want a lot quicker. Um, I don't know about you, but when I'm selfish, I, I get the better place in line. I get the stuff I want. Why actually do we not be selfish? Because here's the thing, if the reason you're not selfish is because you think something bad's going to happen, sometimes that doesn't help on the day when you want that thing right now. It's a bit of a light reason for not taking the best piece of cake or ignoring difficult people because you want to just have your time. Taking the best car park, manipulating people to get the job, the shade, the money, the status. Why not get in first? Well, I think this movie, funny enough, and of course the Bible actually gives us a deep reason than just we shouldn't be. actually gives us a deep reason why we shouldn't be selfish. So let me read here from 2 Timothy 3, and we'll unpack this for just a short bit this morning. 2 Timothy 3 is one of these letters Paul is writing, again, in a church where there's a selfish component to it. And he's telling them, why not be? Why not be selfish? Let me read. But understand this, that in the last days there will come a time of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless. I like this one. Well, it's horrible, but swollen with conceit. That's kind of that image, the video we saw, he was swollen with conceit. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households. Listen to this. Capture weak women, burdened with sin and led astray by various passions. Always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of truth. It's just consumption, it's fatness. It's grossness that comes with selfishness. The language, swollen with conceit, unappeasable, ungrateful. He uses deliberate words here when he talks about selfishness. And I don't know about you, but they're ugly words. They paint a picture of grossly consuming and ugly. A life lived like this. Funny, the video, the movie shows us this as well, but in a heart as well, a life lived with such selfishness is ugly. It results in ugly fruit. Not just on the surface, but it's empty, unrewarding. It's ultimately ugly and empty. Why not? Because you become an ugly and empty person. Just, it's not don't be selfish because you shouldn't. If you want to pursue these things, you actually turn into an ugly, empty person. It's just the fruit of it. It's not a con, it's not, what's the word? It's not, they'll get you. It'll, it's like, like I'm trying to think of the word. It's not like a warning. It's like that's what you'll become if you live that way. That's your formation. You search just for yourself every day and all days. You actually transform into an ugly and empty person. Maybe not on the outside. But inside, you're empty. Because we know rust and moths destroy, hey? 
ugly and empty. Even if it's a silly movie, there's something deep underneath there. So what's the alternative this Christmas? Because I don't want to be ugly. And, who wants to be ugly and empty? Good, no hands. <laughs> okay, good, then we, let's keep, stay with me. Because what's the alternative to being ugly and empty this Christmas and our entire life? Well, I want to show you another clip, if we can, guys. From the movie. <laughs> I thought you were skipping Christmas this year, Mr. Crank. Yeah, what about that? What's going on there, Luther? Blair's coming home for Christmas. Blair's coming home for Christmas. She's bringing her boyfriend. And she's bringing her boyfriend? And she expects to see a Christmas tree? Yeah. And a Frosty? Of course. And what about the annual Crank's Christmas Eve party? That too. Okay, when does she get in? The plane arrives about 8 o'clock. 8? All right, people, listen up, gather around. We're about to have a party here at the Cranks. A Christmas homecoming for Blair. Drop what you're doing and pitch in. Nora, do you have a turkey? Um, smoked trout. Smoked trout. Smoked trout. Anybody got a turkey? We have two, both in the oven. Okay, beautiful, get them. Ned, get over to Brixley's. Get his Frosty. Get some lights, too. We'll put them along Luther's boxwoods here. Oh, oh, hold on. Why should we do this for him? Yeah. 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 Luther's a jerk. Regardless of how you feel about Luther, and I know a lot of you have mixed feelings about him yeah. now, but we're a community. And the people in a community stick together, even if one of them has been behaving for most of the holiday season like a spoiled, selfish little yeah. baby. We're not doing this for him. We're doing this for Blair. Blair, who used to babysit all your kids. Blair, comes home every summer and makes us all feel like family. Yes, that's right. Why should the daughter pay for the sins of the father? Okay, now, if we even have a hope of pulling this off, you gotta scatter, get home, grab a change of clothes, grab all the food you can and get over here in half an hour. Let's go. So even if you haven't seen it, you probably worked out their daughter decides to come home and they panic all of a sudden and realise they need, she's, she's bringing her potential, well, fiancé and suddenly they have to do Christmas and the community who they've just absolutely ignored <laughs> suddenly pitches in and uh, helps them have this beautiful Christmas with their daughter and the fiancé. No, it's corny. I get that. And I know it's a Christmas movie, but I love that line he says. We should do this. Why? Someone says, because we're a community. Why should we do this? Because we're a community. There's a deeper thing happening here than just ourselves. We should reach out, love others, be hospitable, generous, reach out and pull the tables over as per our vision. Gathering of people, despite our faults, not because it's Christmas, that's actually not the message today, and not even because it's community, but that's what the church is all year round, and that's what Jesus shows us. We're more than just people just looking after ourselves. We're about the community and then even people that don't care about Jesus. We're still about them, bringing them in, welcoming them, loving them, getting the turkeys, feeding them, bringing them in. Beautiful picture. There's a beautiful example of this in Philippians 2. Let me read you this. This is 
moving on from this clip. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy for being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full of accord and one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count often others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not look only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. This is a description of the church. Beautiful. As good as that guy's speech was, <laughs> this is even more beautiful. This picture of the church. Why? Because this is what a church does. Even if we can be rotten and selfish sometimes, which we all can be. And then I love this. In Christ Jesus, in verse 6, it says, Who through he was the form of God and did not count equality with God to be something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a baby, or it says here, a servant being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form. He humbled himself. Another way to say he humbled himself, another way um, theologians talk about this word humbled, it's humiliated himself. He brought himself so low as a baby in a manger to walk and be amongst us, to bring us back into the fold. By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of, the, of God the Father. And it continues on there. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Again, those ugly words when it comes to selfishness, ugly, twisted and crooked generation. Among them, though, who you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of God, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I'm glad and rejoice with you. Likewise, you do also should be glad and rejoice with me. In other words, a lot of words in there, but if you're new to the Bible or new to that type of description or language, he is saying, this is the church. People, why? Someone says, why do we do that? Because people are gross. Sometimes we're ugly. Sometimes we're selfish. Why we do that? Because we're the church. Why do we do that? Because Jesus gave us the example, starting at Christmas, coming and walking amongst us and bringing us back to the Father, even when we were gross and ugly, and nowhere near that, he brought us back to him as an example. And then he also moves us to look more like Jesus. That's what the church is, not just at Christmas. So why bother pursuing Jesus? Why bother pursuing him at Christmas and all year round? Because we actually start, and I've got this up here. Just go two slides, I think. Our lives look and grow something good and beautiful. 
when we pursue Jesus, when we pursue him, not just at Christmas, our lives start to look and grow something good and beautiful, not ugly and empty. What do I mean by good and beautiful? Well, one more clip from the end of the movie I'd love to show you. And then we'll wrap this thing up. So if we can show that. Um, could I come in for a minute? Thanks. <clears throat> Blair's going to be staying with us for 10 days. So we're not taking the cruise. And, uh, Nora and I would like you guys to have it. Flight leaves at 12 noon tomorrow. You got to be there two hours ahead of time. It's 10 days in the Caribbean, islands and beaches. The works. It's a dream vacation. We can't take it, Luther. It's, it's not right. I didn't purchase the travel insurance. So if you don't take it, the whole package is wasted. I, I'm not sure my doctor would allow it. I, I've got that Lexon deal on a, on a front burner. Oh, Benny said he might stop by tomorrow. Yeah, and we, we couldn't leave the cat. This is from us to you. This is a sincere, heartfelt, no-strings-attached Christmas offering to two very selfless people who are, at this moment, having a very difficult time looking for an excuse. Benny did say he might stop by. Face it, Bev. Benny hasn't been home in years. Look, I've got everything right here. I've got airline tickets. I've got cruise passes. I've got a brochure. Uh, what's the cost? If we decide to go, we'd want to reimburse you. This is a simple gift, Walt. No costs. No payback. Don't make it complicated. Our names aren't on the ticket. I know. I'll take care of that. What about the cat? Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, too late to call the kennel. We can't just leave him. We, we, we could ask Jude Becker. She's allergic. I'll take the cat. What? Are you sure? Yeah. Look. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. See? Maybe if you don't step on them so often. Yeah. yeah it, it, it'll be fine. <laughs> Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Well, uh, I should get back to my party. Luther. This means so much. Uh, th thank you. You're welcome. Hey, hey, uh, does this mean we have to start being nice to each other? Of course not. Good. But I still don't like you that much, old man. Well, that's good. I'm not that fond of you either. Hey, Beth, we got a pack! 
that this is why I love Christmas movies so much. Because that feeling you feel when you see someone there, I know it's a Christmas movie, I don't know it's a movie, but when you feel that, see that sacrifice, see that love between a grumpy neighbour whose wife in this film is really sick, maybe their last trip together. When you see that level of generosity, something in our world goes, that's good and beautiful. Something in our world goes, I love Christmas. Whereas Christians, or if you don't know Jesus, let me tell you a little bit about him. That's not Christmas. Sacrifice, generosity, bridging age gaps and difference across the neighbourly road, sacrificing a trip and giving it to someone that costs free. That's Jesus. That's Jesus as an example. The goodness you feel there, the good and beautifulness of that situation, is that the world can only hope to capture that one day of the year. Us as Christians have that all year long. So my invitation this morning is, who cares about Christmas? <laughs> I love Christmas, but let's care about the, the 365 days as well. We get to gather around Jesus and what he did. Let that sit with us. Let us know that he pulled the table right across. He brought us in. He crossed the street. He sacrificed more than a holiday. He sacrificed his life, and we're going to remember that in a moment. Let that sink in. Accept it. Let it change us. Dare I say, let us make it us less selfish. As Lockie's been talking about, let it, let it mean that we become crazy, radical, generous, and hopeful people. That we start to look more like Jesus this Christmas and then for the year after that and the year after that, with each day becoming more and more like him. Amen? So right now we're going to do that. We're going to celebrate that event of communion. We're going to have a bit of bread and a bit of juice. It represents his body and his blood that was given. And we're going to spend a moment just reflecting around that. Not just on what it can do with us today, but what it can do with us over a lifetime. Turning us from ugly, empty people into good and beautiful lives built. Let me pray, and we're just going to spend a couple of moments reflecting. If you don't have one, just raise your hand while we pray, and John's going to come around. Father God, we do care about Christmas. We care that you came, and we care that we can celebrate you. The world calls love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity they they call that the magic of christmas we call it the fruit of the spirit we call it year round being jesus with each other and with our community father we know right now everyone here has sinned everyone here has fallen short everyone here definitely including me maybe double for me has been selfish has gone our own way has been ugly in the sense of our soul and has felt empty because of it. In fact, we'll probably do it again because we're broken. (laughs) But that's why your grace is so incredible, Lord. It is so beautiful. It is so life-giving because you give it to us freely. So, Father, please keep transforming us. Please keep changing us. We are thankful for what you've been doing in this church, but we pray for more, more of you, more of your presence, more of your transformation, more of your power. And we remember that it all started. We were invited to the table on the night that you were portrayed, on the night you gave it all for us. We'll remember that now. In Jesus' name, amen.
take a bit of the bread and just hold the cup and we'll drink together in just a moment.